of the Panhandle News Network. Network WEPM and WCST or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go. Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Country Roads Tire and Auto, taking you home with full-service auto care, with a higher level of care, with two locations to proudly serve you in Martinsburg and Hedgesville. Online, too, at CountryRoadsTireOnline.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 and 2023 WVBA Talk Show of the Year. Jordan Nice Warner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 11th, and you are tuned in to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Nice Warner. Alongside me is Marcia Kavalik. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning. How are you doing, Jordan? Doing all right. How are you on this Tuesday on the 7-Eleven Day Free Slurpee Day? Is that it's so that's what it let means. Let me double check. Yeah, let me let me make sure they have it. I mean, historically, you get a free something at 7-Eleven. Free Slurpee on 7-Eleven Day. And they they might Slurpee. They might is have hard stopped it. I know it is hard to say, <laughs> especially if somebody catches you out of context. But um, I was trying. I remember a couple of years ago <laughs> they did a thing where you could bring your own, like your own cup in, as long as it fit inside the the parameters that they had. People right? People were bringing buckets, all kinds of stuff, and I think that might have uh, ruined things. I'll look that up. I'll look People that up. People always bit later ruin. Okay, so but is it really healthy to to drink that much Slurpee? Yes, even if you can. Yep. It's only one day a year. Oh, my you know? goodness. What are you going to do? Are you a Slurpee fan, Martinsburg Police Chief Aaron Gibbons? A Slurpee? No, but if they have free donuts, I'm in. I'm in for that. <laughs> That's so on brand. I, <laughs> as soon as they say free donuts, you know, all the police cars yep. are sitting in the yep. That is He not said fair. that. I want that to be on record that, <laughs> that he said not that, not fair. me. That is not so, fair. So uh, how are you enjoying being chief? How, how many weeks have you been on the job as uh, chief? About three weeks. It's been about a month that yeah. I've been police chief for Martinsburg. Have you gotten used to turning around when people say, hey, chief? <laughs> I'm I'm learning to get used to that, yes. Yeah, yes. that's really cool, huh? So uh, what's it been like? Has it been pretty calm? So it's not quite as I expected. There's a lot of fostering relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you really have to – I have a really key focus as far as the department goes, but for the first three, four weeks, that's all I've been doing is meeting people in the public – answering emails, getting phone calls, really fostering good relationships out here in the community with business owners, um, community leaders. Um, But also, it's really important to foster those relationships interdepartmentally. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having a really good command staff, um, put my command staff up against anybody. However, this is July, so it's it's, uh, vacation season, right? So so everybody's out and, Mm -hmm. and... you know, you have to work with what you have right now, but really great things coming. And, you know, we've had departmental meetings um, with the entire staff, several meetings, um, really good conversations. It's good to address, you know, having everybody on board to address what is pertinent to the situation right now. So, Well, people want to know, how is this, you know, changing leadership going to affect me? I mean, I think when it distills down, you're the folks who work under you, the people in the community. How's this going to affect me that we have a new chief? Well, I, I think just one in general that that communication uh, right off the bat, um, having good communication with members in the community is key to me, and it should be for any department. It's staying transparent. 
letting everybody know what your expectations are for your officers as well as members in the community. And you have to kind of keep a really good balance. Well, I did want to ask you because, uh, like you said, you're just, you know, a few weeks, handful of weeks into the job. And then, of course, Fourth of July rolls around. And I think I heard in the two, three years almost now that I've been living at Martinsburg, I think I heard more fireworks <laughs> this past Fourth of July than ever. So I'm sure you all were pretty busy over the fourth extended weekend. We, we were very busy over the extended weekend. Actually, it's been for the past several oh, yeah. several weeks. Um, really good turnout for the fireworks yeah. celebration itself. However, all in all, if you're hearing a lot of fireworks that go up in the air and go boom, usually out in the county. However, we did get a lot of calls for inside the city limits. Because there's that fireworks. ordinance. Right. Yes. And you guys are yeah. tasked with you know, enforcing we are. We are. the ordinance. That's got to be And then half tricky. the time you get the call for fireworks and half the time you get the call for gunshots. Right. So then right. you have to deter. So you have to go to every single call. Wow. And, that, and that's like what that. we do. Yeah. That's what we do. Well, I know uh, that my dog's certainly happy that 4th of July has come and gone because there were a few times I had to pull him out of my closet because he was uh, so scared from those. And that's why, you know, not specifically for dogs, but of course you have, you know, veterans and things and people in your neighborhood. And that's why the ordinance is in place. So, you know, fireworks don't, you know, start It's predictable. Yeah. Right. You know, exactly. it's more predictable if there's a set time. Yeah. Right? My dog's the exact same way. And I got a message on Facebook at about the time, you know, we got started getting a lot of these calls and it was... I mean, it was a little comical to me, you know, I got a message. Well, um, we're just celebrating you be becoming the new chief. So, so you can't, I said, that's, that's, yeah. What do you do with not, that? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, let me know about that. it. Oh, okay. And then you show up with a box of donuts. Okay. Yeah. I, I see. How it is. I see. How chief it is. would prefer the celebration to be yes. in the form of yes. a right. dozen Dunkin' Donuts. All right. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now that's going to stick. You're going to brand, brand that, right? <laughs> so, um, you guys have another big celebration and, and this is nationwide, but, uh, it means a lot in, downtown Martinsburg, uh, and for the jurisdictions around, uh, National Night Out. Yeah, so <clears throat> National Night Out, it's it's internationally. It's all law enforcement agencies, all public safety sectors. So it's going to be Martinsburg Police Department as well as the Fire Department. We're going to host it at the War Memorial Park on uh, August 1st um, from 6 p.m. till 8 p.m. Um, and we're going to have all kinds of community members. We're going to have free miniature golf um, free swimming, music. It's going to be a lot of food, snacks, hot dogs, hamburgers. We have those every year. Um, we're going to have police cars, fire trucks set up so that the kids can come around. And uh, we're trying to get the face painter again again this year mm -hmm. because last year that was a huge hit. Um, a lot of local service organizations will be at the uh, at the event. And it's a really good time for the community and law enforcement, fire, the public safety sector to get together and mm -hmm. really have good communication. I, I love it. Every year we have it. I, I have to be there. I have to be, you know, my spirits <laughs> get all out of whack and I'm mm -hmm. just excited for everybody to show up. Well, National Night Out's been around for a good while now. And I think in the last, what, call it five years that it's become pretty important, I would imagine, for uh, law enforcement, especially local law enforcement, because it does get you out to the public and it, uh, and you know, it takes the, what do you want to call it? it um, takes the mask off a little bit, if you will, from, you know, the officers in your community and you can, you know, get to talk with them, chat with them and realize that, you know, they're not the big old mean police guys walking around, guys and girls walking around that they're, you know, part of the community and, you know, a citizen in their own right. Yeah. And, you know, 
of course, I, I think I said last time I was on the show, we're not ignorant to the fact of what's happening as far as public perception goes with the police. And I think this is a, a huge, a huge event that will help band-aid that situation. You know, nothing better than walking around and seeing a cop with his face painted with a little butterfly <laughs> on it or something, right. you know, and it, that's, uh, it's, it's great stuff. And if you know me, then you know, that's, that's what I'm about. Right. So I think, unfortunately, some people have interaction with law enforcement on maybe their worst day or maybe just a day when they're in a hurry and they get pulled over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what do you um, tell your officers about interactions with the public when they, when it's a traffic stop, for example, you know, just, just setting a standard of accountability within the department itself, you know, having each officer accountable for his own actions. Every, every officer has a bad day. However, that bad day, that bad moment in that bad day pretty much can set the tone for the entire department or every agency in the entire, in the entire area. Um, so having that accountability, accountability standard for your officers and actually having those expectations of de-escalation, um, uh, bias, um, you know, being a bias awareness. Right. Um, so having that training in their background, they at that point know what that standard is. Is that baked into the program now yes. or is that something yes, that is. you're going to build it's on? Even more so now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, and it's it, not just, it doesn't have to just be because, you know, of what the perception that we're getting right now, it, it needs to be instilled in every officer mm-hmm. all the time. So absolutely. I agree. And I mean, uh, it's become, I mean, there's such a microscope on everything law enforcement and, you know, well, law enforcement specifically, there's such a magnifying glass on everything that you guys are doing nowadays, well, specifically on the, the bad instances that come up from time to time. Uh, but it's good, like with National Night Out and, of course, having you come on the show and everything to highlight that all the great stuff that you all are doing out in the community. And I'm going to imagine, I think I know the answer to this, but uh, I'm sure you're still looking for some people to bolster the ranks of the force. We are. And on, on the, the lines of what we were just talking yeah. about, the, uh, I had a really good meeting yesterday with a good friend of mine. Of course, we had to, I never really had to calendar set meetings with my good friends but now it's but starting now to happen now so you got like, to. that's just not fair that's just not like, fair it, it shouldn't, those, it yeah. shouldn't happen that. well we had a good conversation about the whisper you know the the whisper of you know if i walk into a store and or a restaurant and somebody walks up to me they recognize me and they say you know i really appreciate what you do it's a whisper you know it, mm. it's not really outspoken so we had a really good conversation about that leads into the recruitment. So if that pr- public perception has dropped and, you know, everybody's really um, uptight about what's happening as far as that public perception goes, it's hard to cure that, even if it was just an officer on one bad day. Um, so we're down 13 officers. And to actually increase that from a whisper to a yell, we have to get out and do things like National Night Out to, to increase that want and need you think about back in the 90s and the early 2000s, everybody loved to be a police officer. That's what they wanted to grow up to do, and that's what we want back. We have to get that back. Um, I, this job, I wouldn't give it up for the world. I love it to death. Even if I was out here on the road, I'd love it to death. Um, but we need people. We need good good humans, good people to be good recruits, to be good officers. And that's that's pretty much what we need. Hmm. That's a interesting perspective. I haven't uh, I haven't thought of the whisper is because uh, I mean nowadays it seems like it's almost a bad thing if you say the you know back the blue or you know support police and things like that. It almost comes off like a bad thing to 
I won't say most people, but some people nowadays. And yeah, you're right. I guess that is kind of the case. It is more of a personal conversation where somebody says, you know, thanks for everything you're doing. You know, we're seeing it not uh, like a yell, like you were saying. Yeah. And, and it was the same thing. You know, if, if uh, this conversation I had yesterday, he said, well, what can I do to help you? And that was just to help people, you know, cure that wisp, right? Get the word out, tell them who the chief of police is and what my department is capable of and what they do. Hmm. Well, again, we're speaking with Martinsburg Chief of Police, Aaron Gibbons. We do have to get to our uh, first break here in just a few minutes, but I want you to um, remind people again about National Night Out, which is coming up on August 1st, and then recruitment and how to get in touch, all the uh, all the normal things. So we are on our website. Um, it, the link to the application process for Martinsburg Police is on our website. Go through the process. I know a lot of people get worried or scared about being in the police officer because of the um, the propensity for violence on police officers or just the in general the job description itself um, don't be scared of it it's the best job in the world i love the job it's good pay good money now uh, um, to interrupt you here do you find any of that or have you seen any of that backlash or pushback i guess from the public you know in terms of here in our martinsburg area because i don't i mean you don't see the rallies and you know different things like that but do you have you noticed that or have your officers noticed that out in the field at all not necessarily. There are times when you you have somebody that's um, it depends if it's they're intoxicated or right. something like that. Or someone's you know, going to flip you the bird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, finger gate. Here we go finger again. Gate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I'm the only one that'll talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that'll talk about that. But I don't mind at all. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So recruitment that's huge for us. We're down 13 officers. We need good people to be good police officers, and that's what we're looking for. And don't hesitate. Get on. Get on our website apply for the position. Um, we will take you um, national night out on the first Tuesday of August um, between 6 and 8 p.m. at War Memorial Park. Perfect. Again, speaking with Martinsburg Chief of Police, Aaron Gibbons. Sir, thank you for taking a little uh, time. I'm glad we got you on the schedule at least so you know we got you at least one time a month uh, in your busy schedule. So thanks for stopping in. Yeah, almost missed out. Uh, missed out. We had a big, a couple big incidents oh. that happened yesterday. But well, that's I'm glad you were able to stop by. And again, if you missed our conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. Jordan Ice Warner alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed it for the break, we had Martinsburg Chief of Police Aaron Gibbons in to talk about National Night Out and the recruiting and uh, just an update on the city of Martinsburg. So if you missed that, you can catch it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But Marsha, our next guest is on the line. That's right. Jennifer Hill, Native Youth Climate Adaptation Leadership Congress Coordinator at the National Conservation Training Center out in beautiful Shepherdstown. Welcome in. Hi, thank you. Thanks for being on. So I, I want uh, us to play a clip, something that you uh, let us know about, and uh, that'll kind of uh, let us 
ease into the conversation. So okay. we'll listen. We'll listen to this one first. We'll listen to it all together. So that's a, a clip from Endangered Species. We're young, black, and fighting for our life in our nation's capital, and that is kind of the backdrop of uh, the 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 backstory of a, an, an incredible speaker who's coming to the NCTC today. So uh, talk about Rodney's Raptors. Yeah, Rodney's Raptors. So that backdrop um, was his time with the Earth Conservation Corps out of D.C. working on the Anacostia River, where uh, after his incarceration, he was working there to uh, volunteer time, get back into life. And that kind of was, I guess, the starting point or a turning point for him to start working with birds of prey. So, you know, here in the Eastern Panhandle, we are surrounded by incredible beauty. There are a lot of folks cleaning up the waterways. We don't have to worry about it a ton of this. But, you know, looking at that um, that documentary uh, and the environment that, that now Master Falconer Rodney Stotts was living in and uh, became incarcerated out of uh, is pretty dismal. It it is dismal, and I think that's why Rodney chose the path that he did um, to work with birds of prey. Um, I think he realized, and I can't speak for him. This is just uh, by working with him and hearing his stories, but, um, you know, either change his path and and work with birds of prey, which gave him hope, or follow the path of many of his friends, which was either incarceration or or even death. so he is now a master falconer, and he is an educator. He's a mentor. He's an inspiring speaker. Um, he works with his birds on a daily basis and brings them to his speaking engagements, where he will have some here tonight at the National Conservation Training Center. So what? What? how did he discover birds of prey falcon, falconing? And what a niche-sounding right. kind of thing to get into. <laughs> um, I think that's... Rodney to tell. What I've read and heard is that, and this I could be incorrect, so this is for Rodney to clarify, but I believe it was actually during a drug deal that he noticed a hawk and that huh. caught, caught his eye. Um, and something about that hawk just spoke to him. And, and from there, and he was always in nature, even in Anacostia, D.C., um, you know, on the river. Even though the Anacostia is quite polluted, you know, the crawfish, some little fish would be there, some small birds, and he would notice them and be in tune with them. So they just always, nature always has caught his eye. Yeah, you never know when uh, inspiration will strike, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it sounds as though he... Um, was able to turn his life around and not only just get on a straighter path, but also reach out to help other people. And according to some of the biography that the NCTC uh, sent over, uh, he now creates interactive and educational programming for adults and children so they can experience uh, the excitement that comes from, he actually lets them hold a live bird of prey. So, I mean, this is, he's become an educator out of all of this experience. Oh, yes. Yeah, he is an educator. He's an encourager. He has the biggest heart of um, anybody that I've ever come across. And he, uh, you know, he always says, Rodney doesn't see color. He doesn't see socioeconomic 
status. He doesn't see education. He just sees humans and wanting to help love and appreciate nature. So if you interact with him, you, you most likely will get to hold one of his birds um, and feel that power and beauty that they, they possess. It's interesting because the, the film clip that uh, that you uh, you know sent over, uh, Endangered Species Were Young, Black, and Fighting for a Life in the Nation's Capital, um, kind of juxtaposes the fight for existence among the, the, you know, birds and the climate and the, you know, fish and all of that in a polluted area, and then these young adults. Exactly. And that, I think Rodney still sticks to that, um, that thought process. You know, it's really hard being a young African-American, especially a male, um, in our country today still, and a lot of his friends and family have passed away due to various situations. Um, and so when he does falconry, especially um, when he will capture a, an adult from the wild for his falconry and release it, he will do a request for prayers to go up for anybody who's lost a loved one or if you're just thinking of somebody and he'll do a Facebook Live when he releases that bird so that their prayers can go up when that bird is released. So talk about tonight's uh, event. Our guest this morning is Jennifer Hill, Native Youth Climate Adaptation Leadership Congress Coordinator at the National Conservation Training Center. And tonight, Rodney's going to be in Shepherdstown at the NCTC. So talk about that. Yes, Rodney will be here at the National Conservation Training Center, which is just three miles north of the Bavarian Inn in Shepherdstown, if you're familiar with that. Um, He'll be in our auditorium with some of his birds. I don't know which ones he's bringing yet, Um, but he'll be here from 7 to 8 p.m. speaking about Rodney's Raptors, which is the program that he's founded, um, going out to communities and engaging with the public to just really get them to hear his story and to have a greater appreciation for wildlife conservation. Um, And so that's what basically he'll be speaking about. I'm not sure if uh, his setup for having the public engage with his birds, but usually he's pretty amenable to that. I would imagine they'll get a pretty up close and personal experience with some of the the birds that he will bring and do folks need to reserve their uh reserve a seat or anything like that to to take part in this uh good question no this is all free um anyone can come anyone can attend you just come in to the campus and let them know that you are here for the rodney's raptors program and they will guide you exactly where to park and attend the event well we're speaking about uh hawks and you know, birds of prey, if you will. And uh, I got to ask you now, I'm not sure if you uh, are working or have worked with the Eagles and whatnot that we can watch on the Eagle cam, uh, but how are they doing? How's the Eaglet doing? Is it, are we never going to see it again? I mean, what's the update with them right now? The Eaglet has fledged mm. and is doing well. Um, we do occasionally see it around campus flying. Um, as for whether or not we'll ever see it again, it's hard to say, um, but it, it does still hang around currently. Once it migrates away eventually it's it's going to have to find a new place <laughs> so um w- were they okay we'll say head out now right yeah. were they were they okay food wise with the the drought conditions that we've had has that made it harder for them to get fish and that um i honestly i don't know my uh my gut says i think they were just fine especially since they only had one eaglet 
Mm. Um, I think they seem to be bringing in plenty of food to the nest this year. So they didn't seem to struggle very much there. Well, it was certainly fun to keep up with uh, the little eaglet and watch it grow <laughs> into its own. It was it was neat to be able to watch that. Of course, you can go over to the YouTube page. I think the camera, I'm sure the cam's still running because if anything, just put it on and just see the beautiful uh, landscape around NCTC. But thank you for joining us this morning on Panhandle Live. Thank you. We hope to see people out here. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. That does sound like a pretty cool uh Pretty cool little event they have going on oh, over there. Yeah, you know? definitely. And, and the whole backstory. What, I, exactly. So the story Amazing. sounds incredible as well. So if you missed any of that conversation or uh, want to go back and listen to the details on the NCTC's event, you can do so a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. We do got to get to our bottom of the hour break. We'll be back after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live. With hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto and broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchville building. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsh Kavalik. Marsha, our next guest is joining us in studio. That's right. From the uh, Martinsburg Berkeley County Public Library System, uh, Martinsburg's Pug- Public Library Youth Services Manager, Emily Jones. Welcome in. Hello. Thank you. Did I get it right? <laughs> yeah. I love that you, Like when we were corresponding email-wise, one of her tags is currently reading. And I think you could like actually... <laughs> Um, hit it and see what you're actually currently reading. Yeah. Just did, such did you, a library thing. Do you get a break during the day, like a reading break? Oh, I wish, but no. <laughs> you don't get to read <laughs> like on I the job? I need job? a half hour. I need a half hour. It's research. Couple. Yeah, exactly. We like, get to read about books, but not books. Oh, uh, go figure. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so you're in the youth services department. Um, what are some updates there? What's going on with youth, youth services? We will talk about the big event, but. Well, um, Summer reading is in full swing for our youth services. Actually, it's all ages, but it is really sort of focused in the children's department. Um, So we've had tons of fun programs and activities and visitors uh, coming for our summer reading program. We have a really good turnout this year. We have almost 700 people signed up. Wow. I would love to get to that nice, even number of 700. Um, so yeah, it's going really well. Well, I was going to ask you, are kids still wanting to read? And it seems like at least what, oh, yeah. 700 kids are still looking yeah. to read. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's all ages. So there yeah, are a lot of right. adults that are signed up as well, but, um, yeah, there are definitely kids that really love reading and it's so lovely to see them in the library. Is it a, I don't want to say struggle, but is it a challenge, I guess, getting the kids to come into the library to, you know, sit down and read a book other than, you know, get on a phone or play a video game or something like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one thing that has really helped with that is uh, graphic novels and comic books have become so popular, especially with the younger kids. And it's like a nice sort of balance between Mm -hmm. um, reading and kind of a movie. Um, so, but it does, it is kind of like a gateway into more reading. That's actually how I started reading. I love comics. So, um, 
I read every single one I could find, and then I moved on to books. Well, I had wow. to uh, I had to talk to Marsha during the holidays, and this kind of transitions into the big event uh, coming up. But uh, my youngest nephew is obsessed with like Link and Zelda and yeah. all that stuff, right? So I wanted to go get him. He's he loves reading, so I wanted to get him a Link or Zelda book. I can't remember who which one the book was about uh, but i get it right and i don't think anything of it i go i check out whatever <laughs> and then i start looking at it and i'm opening it up and i'm like why are all the pages backwards yeah like what is happening i'm reading through it and i was like do i have to go return it and i was telling marsha about it i think like, one of the next days after she goes oh no that's how it's supposed that's to be it. that's how it is. And i'm like all right well he knew of course what was going on and i didn't so yeah. i guess i could see where uh, that could be definitely fun is for this kids. book broken and i was like do i gotta return it like what, what's happening with books <laughs> yeah, so that means it was published originally in Japan, where they read hmm. the other way. Um, hmm. So then they translate the words, but they don't flip all of the pictures around. Right. Well, it certainly yeah. confused me for a minute. <laughs> so I know, you know, when my kids were much younger, we'd spend it a lovely couple of hours at the library. They'd pick out books and all of that. Um, and you go by the teenage section, the young adult section. Occasionally, mm. you'd see kids you know, kind of sitting down reading. You guys have made a concerted effort to make it very comfortable to lounge around, stick around for a while and read a book. Mm -hmm. Is that paying dividends? I think so. Um, it's still not as busy as I would like it to be. Um, we've had uh, some book clubs and things that aren't as well attended as the, as the mm -hmm. younger kids' book clubs. Um, but I definitely see more teens in there than, than I used to when we had it in a different area well it looks like and i'm not the biggest reader when i do read it's like hunter s thompson and crazy stuff like that but um it seems like a lot of books now are getting geared towards those you yes know, teenagers and things again it's yeah. not just these super heady books or you know a comic book of some sort there's a lot of like, i remember uh chicken noodle soup for the soul was like a big mm -hmm. one always geared towards teenagers and it really got everybody reading like that and it seems like that's coming back around yeah young adult book industry is like booming right now and i think a lot of it is because not only young adults are reading those books, but a lot of adults are reading those books. And I am all for it. I love any kind of reading that is reading for fun, I think is great. So, um, but again, that it just gives a bigger right. uh, options for teens that do love to read. And some of them get introduced to characters in an anime series mm -hmm. that they're watching and then they see, oh, it's it's in a book form. Mm -hmm. Let me see what, what it looks like here. And, and it's another way for them to just get, you know, acquainted with the written word, right? Yeah, that happens all the time. We'll have a kid that comes in that has watched this anime and they want to know what happens next before the next season before comes, it comes out. out, right? Yeah, so they come and they read the books. That's, that's really cool. So Emily Jones is with us. She's the Youth Services Manager. And I remember when Comic-Con first came to the library um, and it's still going strong. So mm -hmm. talk about that. Um, so Comic-Con is just a celebration of all things pop culture, um, geek culture, um, all sorts of fandoms. Um, it's really one of our biggest events at the library. Um, we try to make it bigger and better every year. So last year we had almost a thousand people Oof. at Comic-Con. Um, we tried to bring in things that you're not going to see every day um, in our community um, we have one sort of famous comic author this year. His name is Dan Noakes. He's been published. Um, and, uh, he, he'll be there selling and signing books. Um, but we don't have a ton of famous people this year. <laughs> um, so that's our big name. And then we have a lot of really fun workshops and activities and games and, um, 
just a little bit of everything. So we're going to be doing um, some comic drawing workshops. We're going to have a Dungeons and Dragons for Beginners class. That sounds cool. Um, yeah, and, and we have um, Dungeons and Dragons mini figure painting workshop. Wow. Um, Thanks. <laughs> no, that's really cool. That is cool. Yeah, I, I love Dungeons and Dragons. So um, I've never played it. I've wanted to play. I know people that are dungeon masters and things, and they've said you know that they, I'd be willing to play. But it just looks like there's so much happening, and yeah. there's so much story. And if you just you can't just looks like a in. big commitment. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Okay, I, is there a seat at the table for young Jordan? Yeah. Well, I know absolutely. people that have I know yeah. people that have played that are in still in. Dungeons and Dragons games that they started when they were like 15. Yeah. You know? Kind just, of amazing. Seriously. And yeah. the story just evolves and evolves and it goes in and then there's like relationships and there's drama and there's all good. It's great. <laughs> it's incredible what's going on. Wow. And I think Stranger Things did a lot to help bring Dungeons and Dragons back. I agree. Yeah. Mm. So are you a dungeon master? I am. And my job started that for me. Oh, really? <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, so there were some teenagers that wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. So I got into it. I did... All of the reading and research, and it's a lot. Being a dungeon master is a lot of work, yeah. and it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's certainly a lot of work. So, with Comic Con, I think when people think Comic Con, the first thing they think of is uh, cosplay and people dressing up and yeah. doing things. Is that welcome at this Comic Con? Oh yeah, that's my favorite part. We always have a cosplay contest, and it's separated into three categories: children, teens, and adults. Um, so everyone is more than welcome to dress up as their favorite character for Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have some judges from the 501st Legion, which is like a really kind of expert Star Wars cosplay cool. club. Um, yeah. And we have prizes. So the first prize for every person in the category will win $100. So it's definitely Jeez. worth trying to... Um, win, but it's also so much fun, and I just love seeing everybody's creativity and learning about new characters. There's so many different fandoms, mm-hmm. so um, there's always people that I don't recognize and have to look up so I can know how to pronounce their names, but then I learn <laughs> about new characters, so that's awesome. So in the last, what, call it decade, I guess, Comic-Cons, I know like the San Diego one's massive, the New mm-hmm. York one, of course, is massive, all the major, the Baltimore one's a really big one, too. So... I'm not sure how long you've been a fan of, you know, the different pop culture things that are involved in Comic-Cons, but has how has it been seeing it grow from what I'm sure was a fairly small, I guess, vocally small group of people that were out, you know, cosplaying and, you know, getting into groups for things like this. And now it's such a widely accepted and known thing now. I don't know how to construct the end of this question, but how has it been seeing the growth of Comic-Cons and that kind of culture grow? Um, It's interesting for me because I... I and growing up, that it was kind of something you weren't proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's just really nice to see a, a community of people that are really proud of their fandoms and their interests and um, have support for it. Right. Yeah. So do you have a, uh, this last personal question I'll ask you, I promise. <laughs> you got any favorite uh, animes or, you know, books or anything mm. for people to maybe venture into? Um, I only know of what, like One Punch Man, of course, like Dragon Ball Z and things like that. But uh, what's Sailor Moon? Is Sailor that? Moon. Yeah, is... I just I know all the the big ones that yeah, everybody yeah. talks about. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually not the hugest okay, anime fan. Perfect. Um, I do love Sailor Moon. I um, I I really uh, I'm more of a fantasy person. Okay. So okay. <laughs> I can turn to One Piece. Yeah. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, you know I've watched some One Piece. I love that. I've read some of it too. <laughs> Um, I, there's, uh, 
To Your Eternity is one that I really like. It's sort of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I really like is like Game of Thrones and oh, The Witcher, yeah. that kind of thing. So I, there's so much variety. Right. And, and, and that's the cool thing about Comic-Cons is that, yes, you're going to get the anime stuff, but you will get, you know, the Star Wars and Star mm-hmm. Treks and uh, Game of Thrones and things, uh, which is pretty cool. Before we let you go, tell folks what time this starts, how they can find more information and where it's physically located. Okay, so it is on July 22nd. That is a Saturday. It will be at Martinsburg Public Library, which the address is 101 West King Street, Martinsburg, West Virginia. Um, It's from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. If you want more information, you can call the Martinsburg Library and ask for Emily. Um, We are in need of volunteers, so if you're interested in volunteering, you can give us a call or just pop into the library. Anything else I need to add? I think, oh, that's, I think that's perfect. Okay. I think that's perfect. Well, uh, Jennifer, thank you for stopping in to talk. Or Jennifer, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong <laughs> Emily, thank you for stopping in and talking about the uh, Comic-Con that's happening down at the Martinsburg Library again on July 22nd. Sounds like, well, it was a blast last year. It looks like it's going to be mm-hmm. even better this year. So thanks for stopping in. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And stick around. We'll be back to wrap things up after this on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kabalik. There must be some kind of way out of here. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, driven by Country Roads Tire and Auto, broadcasting live from the Hoppy Kirchival building of Jordan Nice Warner alongside me. Is Marsh Kavalik. If you missed any of the show so far, you can listen back to it a little bit later on. We got things started with Martinsburg Police Chief Aaron Gibbons giving us an update of the uh, well, Martinsburg update. We had Jennifer Hill, uh, Native Youth Climate Adaption Leaders- Leadership Congress Coordinator for the National Conservation Training Center, was on to talk about a pretty cool event that's coming up uh, here in the near future. Rodney's Raptors, which will be going on over at NCTC. And then we just spoke with Emily Jones, Youth Service Manager, Services Manager with Martinsburg Public Library, talking about Comic-Con, which is coming up on the 22nd. You've been, Marsha, you said you've been a part of, well... You've been my my daughter around a yeah, couple of comic cons adjacent. Mm-hmm. So if you could think back, however long to you know your favorite like cartoon from back in the day, Bionic comic, Woman. I would be Bionic Woman. Would you dress? Would you cosplay 100%. Bionic Woman? My gosh, I don't know who. Are you kidding I would me? Do. I don't know who I would dress up as. <sighs> like Indiana Jones was big for me when I was. A kid. Oh yeah, that would be. You can just do the white button with up the with the hat. Yeah, just whip all your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Like I wasn't well, necessarily. Well, if you're ten, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't necessarily like a uh, Star Trek kid, Star Wars kid. Right. It wasn't. I mean, I liked the Star Wars that w- would come out during when I was a kid, like uh, Phantom Menace thing, Episode One. I can't remember with uh, Darth Maul. He had a double lightsaber. Like that was cool for me as a kid. But that was really about it. So I don't know mm-hmm. who I would cosplay as for Comic Con. You have a lot more options. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, the whole Marvel. Oh, yeah, 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 I there, guess so. There are so many, yeah, so many hmm. characters. Uh, so what'd you say, Bionic Woman? The Bionic Woman. The Bionic Woman. Yeah. There you go. Well, the, July 22nd, coming up. That's right. Might be uh, your also, time to do it. July 11th is today, and we got some clarification we got from a, bunch, a texter. We got a bunch of clarification. I got a couple of texts on my my cell phone, and then we got a couple of texts here on the text line, 304-263-4321. Texter says, according to the 7-Eleven website, drum roll, 
Three small Slurpees all day today. All day. All day for Seven so Eleven. Are you the kind of person that would roll up to like five different Seven oh, yeah. Elevens? Look, I talked about it on the sports show, especially um, when I was younger and Seven Eleven day would hit, and I was up in Hagerstown. Mm-hmm. There were a couple. You had there were a couple different ones through town that you'd hit. I'd always start uh, start in the West End. You know, kind of uh-huh. midday ish, right? And then uh, you start to work your way through town. There's another one. Uh, around downtown, then you end up out. But this one just burnt down, actually. So it's, I don't even think it's there anymore. But uh, no Slurpees there today. No, no, no Slurpees at the old uh, Dual Highway Seven Eleven. But there's a couple. There's a couple to hit around. Mm-hmm. Now I can only think of. I know the one on Winchester Avenue, of course. There's one out. Is that Eleven still? You go through like Edwin Miller, like the back way to um, Spring Mills and things. That's Eleven still, right? Mm-hmm. I know there's one out there. That's all I can think of. There's got to be one down in South Berkeley, right? Yeah, well, there's one out across from the old corning plant. There used to be one in Inwood proper, but um, but that one oh, got. Here we go. Well, there's down. not many. So, not are many you, in our Are area. you getting a different Slurpee flavor at the different, or do you just have a <sighs> oh, a go-to? A uh, that's a great question. Because you think... can get them in like soda flavors, right? No, but you can we also never get do them soda. In the... we, we either do red or blue. But, I mean, or they're mix. available, right? Yeah, I'm like, either doing red get... or blue or mixing them, mixing them up. It's funny that you say like. Like the Gatorade flavors don't oh, yeah. exist. It's What's like, and, are you getting purple? Yeah. Getting, you know. Yeah, what is that? You like get red or blue. and blueberry or something? I mean, it doesn't matter. It just yeah, tastes good. Because as we, as we know from our special training <laughs> as water tasters, <laughs> right. whenever you chill something, it's automatically right. more refreshing. That's right. But we got, uh, there's one here just north or in between Mar- or Pikeside and Inwood on 11. There by the Berkeley Business Park, you got a 7-Eleven there. Of course, you got Winchester Avenue. You got the other one on 11. Uh, you got, all oh, the one out on 9 going out towards Hedgesville. There's 7-Eleven out there, right there by the high school, or it's in Hedgesville. Okay. Right there by the high school or the uh, middle school and things. I mean, you got a couple couple different options around. So um, if you want, you can play it out your, uh, your 7-Eleven. Oh, yeah, dude, now I'm starting to remember. I always keep track on 7-Eleven okay. so now I'm starting to remember where a lot of them are. There's one out by the VA. There's one there. So there's are you are you cheeky enough that you go to the same establishment twice in the same day? Yes, that, you are. Wow. Okay. Yes, because I I don't frequent 7-Elevens nearly as much as I used to, so I don't go to the same 7-Eleven all, all the okay. time. When I was living in Baltimore back in the day, uh, I mean that would be a uh, a meal for me. You know, of course, I, I was a little low on you would, little low on dough, if you will. You'd literally go to the same 7-Eleven twice and on 7-Eleven day to get a free Slurpee twice. Yeah, just change your clothes. Wow. Change your clothes, throw a hat on. Okay. You're good to go. Maybe sunglasses. It was so, nice It was nice during the pandemic. You chuck a mask on, nobody knew who you were. So there's there's probably a bolo out now with your picture. <laughs> like, Keep him out. Do not give this the, young uh, man a Slurpee today. Uh, so what's your favorite Slurpee? I can't say that I have one. Wow. Yeah, sorry, I'm not into those kinds of, but that just leaves that just leaves more. I don't, I don't like cold. I don't like. You're not getting slushies or anything. I don't. Uh, I don't get icies. I don't get the slushies. But that leaves more for the other kids. That's right, doesn't it? That's right. So I'm kind of providing a community service, Uh, and I will continue doing that by letting you know that Dave Wilson is on for Hoppy next on Talkline, and they're going to be talking about uh, the Coach Huggins. Oof. Controversy. There's so much uh, with that. Also, more Capito candidate for governor will be on, uh, and they'll be talking about um, nationally. 
uh, the idea of Democrats wanting to shut down third-party candidates. Mm. That Their words, not mine. Sounds real. Uh, Brad McElhaney will be on as well. There you go. And if you missed any of our show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But for Marsha, I'm Jordan. That does it for us today. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Go get you a Slurpee or two or three, depending on how many places you want to go to. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.